The clock is now running on the Playbook Podcast, the podcast where you take a deeper dive into the game of business, leadership, teamwork, character, the things that drive your motivation and build dedication. When you get a good look at the game plan of great business leaders, you start to formulate your own playbook and your own rise to the top. Make your next play your best play. And now, here are today's game captains, Glenn Amorell and Andy Phillips. Let's go! Welcome back to the Playbook Podcast. I'm Andy Phillips. Joining me as always is Glenn Amorell. Glenn, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a Friday. That's right. And yeah. those of you listening here probably a week or two later, this is Friday before Memorial Weekend for us. So I think we're excited to kick it off with a great guest to get this uh, holiday weekend going. So without further ado, go ahead and bring in the guest. Well, uh, today uh, we're fortunate enough to have uh, Christopher Glover, and I call him Chris, um, from Cerebrum Advisors and also Employee Max. Um, so... Chris, welcome to the show. I look Thank forward to getting some uh, some wisdom from you today. We'll see what we can do on this holiday weekend. That's right. All right. Well, one of one of the things that I've really um, I've discussed with you a lot, Chris, is about the employee retention credits, and you oh, yeah. really opened my mind to um, what it really is. I mean, you have a, a deeper understanding of the CARES Act and and how it's morphed over you know several um, several changes. Um, can you tell a lot of people think it's just on the, the financial end of things through the pandemic. Right. Can you tell us some of the other things that that you're looking at that um, employers may not know that they actually are entitled to um, employee retention credits? Absolutely. You know, when the CARES Act first came out and the pandemic took over, everyone was scrambling to figure out what to do. So the CARES Act offered two solutions. You could either do the PPP loans, um, or you could take an employee retention credit. And clearly at the beginning of the pandemic, the uh, PPP loans made the most sense. Um, But between that day and as we stand here today, that legislation has been rewritten several times, each time successively making it a little bit easier and more beneficial to employers. But the biggest challenge that most employers have is the disinformation that's out there regarding the qualifying test. Most employers think that the gross receipts test And their accountants, unfortunately, think that the gross receipts test is the only test that's available to them to qualify. Unfortunately, they are incorrect. There is a secondary test that came upon one of the revisions of the legislation that allows what they call a government orders test to replace the gross receipts test if an employer doesn't qualify any gross receipts. And what we've been able to see is that a lot of employers actually qualify underneath the government orders test. Government orders test says that. If your business was impacted by a partial or full suspension due to a government order, a CDC order, or an OSHA order, you would qualify for this credit. So to give you an example, you know, employers had employees that contracted COVID and they sent you know, everyone else home because they had to quarantine and they had to pay quarantine pay. Well, doing the quarantine was the employer following a government order, a CDC order of quarantine. So that could possibly be a qualifying factor that would allow an employer to qualify underneath employee retention credit. If you had a business that required, you know, sales where you're going to conventions or you're out meeting clients as a way to to attract new business, well, you had travel orders. 
and you had social distancing orders that would restrict your ability to do that in the way you were prior to COVID. Well, these are government orders test qualifying factors for how some employee or employers could qualify for the employee retention credit. Um, and it's a substantial credit. So we, we've worked with a lot of groups to help them maximize the credit and also provide them the documentation that they need to submit you know, their, um, uh, the write-up that goes with the, the credit package. Well, that's awesome. All right, so Chris, I'm look. I've looked at your your resume via LinkedIn. I've heard you talk right here. I gotta ask. I think what you do, being a consultant for businesses, from an HR standpoint, maybe from a financial standpoint, because you have a big finance finance background. Sure. Yeah. That smells to me like there's a lot of pressure in the room. And what I mean by that is, for like all of us, it's almost like a. Uh, especially HR and finance, it's kind of like a you like having Big Brother there to kind of bounce a question off of, to help guide you. You're the one doing the guiding. You're the one making the suggestions. You're the ones doing the consulting. How do you handle that pressure of giving advice to businesses, knowing that sometimes your advice can make or break a business? How do you internally handle the pressure to do your job? You know, I think like anything that a professional does, it's practice, right? It's not like we just started giving advice. <laughs> My experience has the benefit of years and years of practice, whether it be running an RIA, whether it be running a trading desk for an RIA, whether it be working in a family office and helping them build their portfolio of businesses and having to deal with multiple HR issues. Um, that's the first part is practice. And the other thing that really makes my job easier in consulting is you have to be honest with yourself. You do not know everything about everything, but as a good consultant, you build yourself a good team. And what I always refer to as a toolbox, a toolbox of solutions. And in our toolbox of solutions, we prefer to go to professionals, subject matter experts, that give us the absolute best advice on whatever the given situation is, whether it's risk, whether it's HR compliance, whether it's investment and asset management. So, you know, what we do is listen. Most business owners are good at what they're good at, which is a specific thing. And it tends not to be running and managing a business or a growing practice. That's something that they're learning kind of on the job. They're getting their practice reps. So true. So right. you know, we, we try to get business them ahead of that curve. are not good at, at HR, that's for sure. <laughs> well, how are you supposed to be good at HR when they change right. the rules every 10 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Unless you have somebody that's sitting there and looking at those federal legislations, those state legislations, kind of following what's going on, depending on where you are locally, you know, you need a partner that's going to work on that on your behalf and to your benefit. Mm -hmm. That's going to help keep you compliant and keep you up to date. You know, it's it's those curveballs, Andy, as we like to talk about, <laughs> right? They come out of left field that you're not ready for because, you know, you're focusing on growing a business. You're focusing on yeah. getting that contract. You're focusing on, hey, listen, I need a new hire. And I have this pool of people, maybe in this current environment, yeah. to actually go to to see if I can get this person who's going to help me grow my business. I'm not thinking about, you know, HIPAA compliance as it relates to my, my benefit package or any of these other state regulations that I have to keep up with, or, yeah. you know, as you guys like to deal with what's my work comp 
situation looking like in, in, in my mod rate, right? How do I get my mod rate better? So these things are things that it's nice when you're a, a, especially a small and mid-sized business. If you don't have the wherewithal to hire internally, but you find someone to help you with it, that you can yeah. bounce these ideas off of and that's looking for, for your best interest on the back end. And that's what we do. Awesome. That's great. And speaking of the back end, I want to actually give us enough time in the back end. So I want to get to the halftime early right now because I really want to take the time that we in the second half not feel like we're rushing because you provide a lot of wisdom right now that, you know, Glenn and I figured Glenn figured you would. And I'd love personally meeting you right now. So this is great. So let's get into halftime. We're just going to ask you a question that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about just to get into your mind. My question is this. The new Top Gun movie just came out and it's the sequel from 1986, the original. 86, that's right. My question to you is, and you can take a second to think about this, what movie do you want to see have a sequel and why would that movie make a good sequel? Man, listen, you know, that curveball. That one might not be right over the middle. A curveball, because I'll tell you why it's a curveball, right? Like we're talking Top Gun, and I am a Top Gun enthusiast. I've clearly watched that movie thousands of times. I'm going Saturday. Thousands of times. When you make a classic, it is very difficult to step into the realm of making that sequel. Yes, it is. Right. So it's difficult for me to say that one of my favorites. I want to see a sequel because. You can ruin my, That's my original experience with that sequel. I do think Daddy waiting Shack? like 36 years is helpful. It, it, it is good because now some people are able to disassociate with it. However. Yeah. It, however, right? It. The Godfather. Godfather 2 is great, but they really should have stopped there. because should have stopped right there. Right? It didn't, it didn't work out too well. It, past you time. never know when to stop. That's the issue. That is the issue. You know. I need one, though. I need one. I feel like it would have to be a, a, a bad movie of sorts that they could yeah. actually go back and then, like, make better. <laughs> okay, so, 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 so give me one. I'm not letting you off the hook. You got to take a swing. Let me see. Which terrible movie? <laughs> actually, you know what? I lie. Oh, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm throw you one. Okay. One of my favorite movies back in the day was a movie called Rad. Are you familiar with that movie? No. Now, Glenn, you familiar with that movie? No. You said Rat, R-A-T? Uh, Rat, yeah. See, I used to like freestyle BMX biking as, as, a, as a young child. Okay. And Rad was about a young man. Rad. R-A-D? Yeah. R-A-D. Okay. Yeah. Right? Was about a young man and his journey to become a professional BMX professional rider. Okay. Great movie. Cheesy movie, but great movie. I'd love to see that remade. In today's times, with the new technology, new technology, new bikes, yeah, okay, yeah, right, see, something like that. I, that. That's why I like you, Chris, because you you thought about this and didn't just say your favorite movie, make it again. You were like, no, no let's, it has let's to, see. it has to need improvement. <laughs> it has to need improvement. And then now I've also given you guys a, a good movie to go back and look. Yeah, well, that's right. at it when you see Bar Connor and out there, his music scenes and his his rad hair. Okay. I love that. That's a great answer. Well, Chris, obviously um, you have a fascinating life, right? So we're going to make a movie about you. Who is playing? (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know if we should do that. (laughs) What what is the rating? Now, um, what, who would play 
Christopher Glover. Mm. Be nice to yourself. Does does it does it have to be a, a present actor, present day actor? No, it could be whoever you want. Oh man, who would play Chris Glover? Who would play a good Chris Glover? Hmm. I'd have to play myself. Okay. All right. I'd have to. No one myself. would do you justice. It, it is, there's a lot of different intricacies, right? And, right. And, you know, certain actors have different skill sets. There's the comedic actor, right? But he'd be too comedic. And there's the serious actor, and he'd be too serious. So it, it's like I feel like I I I, I go along a, a serious and comedic path a lot of times in life and then you know i don't know if anyone would be able to truly do the justice of the so it, it, it would be kind of like uh you ever hear that movie uh being john malkovich yes <laughs> being yes, chris glover exactly. right <laughs> being chris glover. Awesome. i love it i love it all right so now that we're uh let's take a step away from hollywood as we both went down the movie route let's get back into the second half uh, where we'll probably have time for at least two, maybe three questions here. Uh, my next question for you is when you're managing employees, what are some qualities you find easiest to work with, but even more so than your leadership style, everyone's different. Do you have a way that you lead that kind of everyone can gravitate to or do you kind of personalize your leadership depending on who you're dealing with? You know, my, my, my whole leadership philosophy is that leadership is service. So, you know, I'm there to help the other person become the best of themselves that they could possibly be in this one aspect of their life. Um, and if they're so inclined, we can get a little bit deeper and we grow into other aspects of their life beyond work. But, you know, my, my, my job is to, to be of service to that person. So, one of the things that I find to be the most relevant when I'm working with somebody is one coachability, right? Um, are, are, are you willing to take advice? Are you willing to take guidance? If you're not, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a difficult toe because I'm looking to pour into somebody. Um, and if you're not willing to receive what's being poured in, it's probably not going to be a good fit. But um, yeah, I, I think in, in life, especially when you're dealing with the consulting world, um, it's better when you're leading from the viewpoint of service because that's what we're doing. We're, we're serving clients. We're serving their employees. And in its true sense, then I'm also servicing my employees and being of service to them. So yeah, I kind of need that service mindset to be first and foremost. I love it. I love it. That's a great answer. All right, Chris. Now, uh, you're a business owner. You work with business owners. Um, in your opinion, what is the biggest uh, challenge facing business owners right now? There's a lot There's a lot. I, it's hard to narrow it down to one. I, I, if I had to narrow it down to one specific term, I would just say changing dynamics. Right. There are so many different changing dynamics on the business front right now. There's a changing dynamic in the employment pool and finding quality talent. There is a changing dynamic in the supply chain. 
and being able to service and get product out to clients in a timely basis. There is a changing dynamic in the way that you need to deal with your employees because now they're used to working remotely. And how do you continue to build a culture or instill a culture in a remote organization? Do you allow your employees to work remote? There, there's so many changing dynamics that have raised their head within the last two years um, that I, I think the, the biggest challenge that most business owners have right now is figuring out a way to be flexible and flexible enough to deal with these different dynamics that are continuously popping up. Um, yeah, that, that's great. Flexible, flexible is a great word. We need to be flexible. I think Andy and I were talking about that the other day. It's like things are changing in the economy. How can we be flexible? There's winners and losers, right? So there are, I mean, and, and I feel like the winners are flexible, right? <laughs> and, That's and it. They're, 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 willing, they're willing to I go. I can't out. say anymore. No doubt. Being flexible yeah. is key. You That's have it. to adapt and adjust. So simple yet you you try something new out. The amount of times I've heard recently that we had to change X and it's worked out to the benefit so much so that we've had to keep it. Right. And these people are succeeding because they knew they had to change, they accepted the change, and and they succeeded through the change. And it's when you see people fight the change. All right, we had the change, I didn't really want to do it, but we did it and we went back and it's not, but it's not working. So, you know, change is inevitable. Change is part of life. I just think the biggest thing that we've seen recently is that change is happening faster. You know, it's not just tech, technology changes. It's the whole aspect of the business, how people relate to working, how, you know, you need to manage your workforce, how you need to account for benefits for your workforce, how you need to account for risk now inside of your workforce. They're, they're all quickly changing by how your business is changing. And if you're not with a flexible team, you're going to find yourself outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. So, and if this, if this is a poor question for what you do, please, by all means, just replace what I'm saying with something that makes sense. But when you come into a, a company with your services, do you prefer to be with a company that doesn't have HR in place and kind of gives you the reins? Or do you prefer that they already have, say, an HR director in place that then you work with? Is it easier for you to have a clean slate I'm taking over? Or is it easier for you to have somebody that has the knowledge, the background, just needs assistance? And if that's poor? Yeah, I I understand. I I actually prefer to not prefer. I prefer to listen. Like I, I need to listen to what's going on. And if I'm listening and focusing on that more so than I focus on a specific solution that we may have available to a person, I find that that engagement winds up being the best because now I'm able to provide them the solution that they actually need. I love That's it. going to be a benefit for them to grow, right? You might have internal people that you have that are necessary for your growth. You might have them doing the wrong roles and responsibilities. They need to be doing less administrative stuff and more strategic stuff. So let's take the administrative part off, right? You might have good administrators and, you know, you might need some more strategy. Well, let's take that off. You might have none of that based on what the conversation is. And let's figure out a way to actually develop that and put that into place for you. So I I prefer to come in with, with no kind of tilt 
in the conversation other than to listen to what's going on and see if I can be of value. I love it. I think, I, I think you really, I mean, you've had uh, some great points from uh, flexible to listen to solutions and, and really, you know, we all know it, but it's such a difficult thing is it is to listen. I mean, how valuable is listening to your customer, not telling your customer what they need? What do so, I always tell you, Glenn? God gave you two of these, only one of these for a reason. Right, right. That's it. And, it's, and here, here's the thing as a professional, if you've become successful at something, right, it's hard to not want to put that out and share this, this knowledge and this right. information that you have, right? I, I just want to just pour over it. But what I found is sometimes it's, it's too much water. It's like drinking from a fire hose. So yeah. right. you, you're not going to know what to give the person unless you truly listen and, and, and not just like listening for them to finish so that you can start pouring. Yeah. But listening to truly hear them and hear what's going on with them and their business to figure out what they need and what you might be able to help them with. I love so it. It's, it's just, yeah, but that's, you know, once again, it comes, comes with the reps. That's right. <laughs> and, and learn, learn what their value is, yep. you yeah. know, where they put their value. So, I mean, it's really important to know all these things if you're going to do a good job as a consultant. So anyway, um, we're going to, uh, to, we have to wrap things up. It's been a, a great time talking with you, Chris. I, was, I could do, I'm I could do a chat with three, you guys all day. This is amazing. Yes. I was just going to say, I could do three more segments with you. So um, what we're going to do is I'm going to, um, Chris, tell everybody how um, how they can get a hold of you and anything you'd like to, to tell our listeners. Uh, well, listen, I, I am always available. The easiest way to find me is, I, I don't mind giving it out. You can call me on my cell phone, 267-393-0854. You can always take a look at our HR solution at employeemax.com. That's employeemax.com. And I am also available for business consulting underneath the Cerebrum Strategic Advisors umbrella. You can find us online as well and schedule an appointment. We're more than happy to come out and listen to what you have going on and see if there's any solutions that we can provide. I like you because you're consistent. Fantastic. Well, well um, to success in life. Success, right? Yes. So uh, thank you uh, for listening. My name's Glenn Amaral. I'm Andy Phillips. Until next time, what's in your um, playbook?